after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Moving the Goalposts on the Empty the Bench Network. Uh, you can follow us on. Uh, you, you can follow. You can uh, make sure to first of all make sure to subscribe to subscribe to the Empty the Bench uh, Network on YouTube and follow us across all social media at MTGPETB. Yeah, I said that right. At MTGPETB on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and Instagram, uh, and coming soon, TikTok, um, and YouTube.com slash ETB Network is where you can find us, and ETBpodcast.com, wherever you can find, wherever wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, wherever you get your podcasts is where you can listen to the show. Um, all right, so I think that's everything. <laughs> all right, um, so there is... Um, and by the way, the show comes out at 8 p.m. every eight, 8 o'clock at night every Friday. Just want to say, uh, you know, it's when the when the show first comes out. Okay, so there's a lot going on. The new college football playoff rankings. Uh, I feel like this is a week where we can lead off with college football because I think it's a bigger deal right now than with the NFL. Um, so with the so the, the college football playoff rankings just came out. Florida State is still a top four team. Um, I really don't like this move very much. I don't think, I think that in all likelihood, Florida State should, as of now at least, not be a top four team. Um, I think Oregon is with, I mean, the, the thing is, is that if you want to pick the four, just the fact that Florida State, that Jordan Travis got injured, I think should should kind of disqualify Florida State. Am I wrong about this? Yeah, because then at that point you would just basically say that games don't matter, that it's just whoever the healthiest team is matters. Because Florida State literally can't do anything. No team can do anything but win. Like Florida State can't do anything else besides win to get in. So and they're they're twelve and zero, and if they won, they'd be thirteen and zero. So I don't really know what else you could say. Like if they if they get to thirteen and zero, twelve and zero, that you know now. The team that has a loss should be ahead of them just because a quarterback got injured. Is it, it's basically saying that the games don't matter. Like well, it's not matters. saying the games. It's, well, here's the thing. It's not saying the games don't matter. It's saying that. Well, here's the thing. The thing with college football is that it is a sport that has the most philosophy involved. In a sense, um, the committee. It, it's sort of a competition between the most deserving and the best. And you kind of have to, I mean, some people say it should be the best. Some some people say it should be the most deserving. The truth is any reasonable person would say it should be something in the middle. It's not perfectly one or the other and to be something kind of in the middle. Um, if Florida State gets, is not in because they're unequivocally, an unequivocally worse team without Jordan Travis, even though with Jordan, with Jordan Travis, uh, they're deserving and, to be fair, they are deserving enough, but you're also not judging the same team that went third, that goes twelve that that went undefeated in the regular season. Like without their star quarterback, they're considerably worse. And now I do understand what you're saying that like there's nothing they can do about their quarterback getting injured. I totally understand that, but a big part of what the committee is trying to do is pick the best teams. And it's not, you can't compare it to any other sport where it's as simple as you win X amount of games and there's a very black and white sort of process to it. 
Whereas in college football, there's a lot more gray area. Um, it, it's not like a running back got injured or a defensive back or wh- any other position player. This is their quarterback. That makes them drastically worse. Not to mention the fact that like they beat Florida, but Graham Mertz is hurt. And some guy named Max Brown is their, was their starting quarterback. I mean, look, this is why I sort of hope they lose to Louisville because if they lose to Louisville, this conundrum doesn't exist. If they beat Louisville, the committee has some, some very good questions to ask. And I don't think that they should automatically be in. I'm not saying they shouldn't have a chance, but they shouldn't automatically be in, especially over teams like Texas and Alabama. Um, Texas and Alabama are unequivocally better than Florida state is right now. Oregon is unequivocally better. Um, to me, I think this is just the committee taking the path of least resistance. Yeah, but again, so again, but Texas lost and Alabama lost and Oregon's lost. So yes, exactly. So they're saying that the games don't matter. Then it doesn't matter if you're, if you're a power five champion, if you're a power five champion, who's undefeated and you don't get in, that's a disgrace. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree. Um, I think there have been a lot of power five champions that really weren't very good. You're undefeated? And undefeated. You're undefeated. Well, like I said, in general, that they always should be allowed. I said in general. But the point that I'm making is we've never seen a situation like we're seeing right now with Florida State. We've then never just say that the games don't matter then. Just say well, that you it's don't. it's not saying the games don't matter. It it's is. not saying the games don't matter. It, it is. is. It, okay. But, like, this is such a black and white viewpoint of it. It's not black and white. It's not like either the games matter or they don't matter. It's that it also matters a lot. If their quarterback is injured and they, and you're not putting in the same team, that part also matters. And the point that I'm making is not that Florida State should be unequivocally just eliminated. What I'm saying is they shouldn't automatically be in either. I mean, you're even if they go, like, even if they end up beating Louisville, like, okay, if they end up beating Louisville, obviously they're going to be in. Um, Although I'm not, I do have my doubts that a Florida State team without Jordan Travis, even if they do beat Louisville, really is good enough to compete with the other teams. I mean, that aspect also has to be taken into account, which is not true in any other sport, which is that, are they really good enough to, like, are they unequivocally a worse team than all of the others? If they're unequivocally worse. um, That's also just, that's also, that's also just at that point, just a matter of opinion because they wouldn't have played each other. And, and you're also saying that they got unequivocally worse. But if they win on Saturday, they would be 2-0 without without him, which is all they could do is to win games. So, And you're, you're that's not a fact that they're unequivocally better. Those teams are unequivocally better because they haven't played. And also the college football playoff, it doesn't really – they've never taken into account this the best teams because the average margin of victory in the college football playoff is 20 points. And the college football playoff games have been terrible historically besides last year. Well, okay, but but they do purportedly. I mean, they do take the best teams. A lot of times, the difference is just very big. I, I don't think it's true. I mean, part of it is taking the best teams. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not saying they should automatically be out of it. What I'm saying is, the point that I'm making is that you're not judging the same team. Ultimately, you're not judging the same team without Jordan Travis. I mean, to me, I don't think the idea of leaving out an undefeated champ in us in this particular type of situation should be off the table necessarily uh, like, also it's a guess. They're, they're, you're guessing that the florida state's not going to be as good without uh well without... But, but but i'm not guessing so what if the, you know, what if the guy throws, I mean, what, if the guy throws what, what if the guy throws 400 yards and three touchdowns for them on uh on saturday then would you say the same thing like you don't know no. what it's gonna no, happen i, I don't I'm, I'm not saying they should automatically be out. I'm saying they should not automatically be in either. I don't think that that should be the case either. Um, and like I said, it it really it really depends on the situation is really what I'm trying to say. But also the fact that like they beat Flor- – sure, they beat Florida. They also beat them when, Flor- when Graham Mertz wasn't even playing. So Florida was like one of the – in effect, one of the worst teams in college football. Now, I'm not saying – Look, there's nothing Florida State can do about injuries. I get all that. But a big part of it is judging who the best teams are. And it's not you're not exactly judging the same team with a different quarterback. Um, that's the point that now to be fair, you are you are right. 
there's not so much they can do about the injury and all that. And sometimes, historically, there have been teams with really good backups. And that happens, too. I mean, in college football, I mean, Cardell Jones was a third stringer when they yeah. won the when they won the national Tua. championship. Yeah. I, I mean, some teams are just very deep. Tua with was a backup. Yeah. But I also think that Florida State does not really fit that description uh, so far this year. Um, look, I think they should get a chance. Sure. Um, I don't think they should be ranked ahead of Oregon. I, th- I think that's crazy. Um, especially when, you know, Oregon lost. So what? What do you I mean? So much the games matter. With record in college football is just so silly to me. Uh, like Alabama, like sure. Alabama lost. They lost in a game. They lost in a non-conference game against one of the best teams in college football in a game that they scheduled. Now this is not so much. This does. This doesn't have anything to do with Florida State. To be fair, just in general. So so if, if Alabama loses to uh, Georgia, um, should they be out of the college football playoff? Why? Yes. Why? Yes. Why should they because be? Because they out? lost to Georgia. Right. So, because so you just said, right, but you just said that they shouldn't obsess over the records. So if they're if, well, if, I think if records should be. Whoa, 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 whoa. Doesn't they matter. Lost, no, 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 no. They would have lost in a game in a. It, no, no, no. It's completely different. They would have lost. First of all, it would have. It would end up. I think records should be taken into account. I'm saying it should not be. It, it should not be uh, viewed as be all end all. I think that, first of all, it would have been two losses instead of one. That's twice as many losses. Second of all, it would have been against a, another playoff team at a neutral site. I think that's a pretty good enough reason. I mean, losing to another playoff team at a neutral site. I think if one of those teams beats the other, it's a fair enough reason to leave one of those teams out. Um, now, but if Alabama were to beat Georgia, should they be left out just because they lost to Texas? I would say no. That's ridiculous. Because it turns out Bill Parcells was wrong, especially in college football. You are not what your record says you are. There is a lot more nuance to what type of a team you are than your Then record. the records don't – then the games don't matter. You can put no, it doesn't mean that. that. It means that the record is not the only – first of all, to say that the games don't matter because your record is not be-all, end-all is not – it's not saying that at all. I'm saying your record should be taken into account, but it's one of many things that should be taken into account, not the only thing. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, in college football, yes, your record is everything in every other major sport, at least on a professional level. But you can do that in professional sports. You can't do that in college football just because of how the whole thing is structured. Now, you can make an argument that it should be structured differently to the point where that is the system. Okay, fine. You can try to do that, although it's nearly impossible to do that with the number of teams that there are. I mean, just... And, the, and how short football season generally is. You can make that argument, though. But the point that the point that I'm making is that logic does not work. With it just, why not, so why not? Is, is, is Penn State alive for the playoff? Right now, no. Why? Because they lost to Michigan and Ohio State. Right. So the record matters. I'm Penn not saying State the record really shouldn't matter. You're, you're putting words in my mouth. I'm saying the record should matter. Absolutely, and it should be a pretty critical thing. Um, but. They're ten in, okay. They lost two games, but yeah. all teams that have lost two games are not the same as. I mean, Penn State is better than most ten and two teams. Of course, right. they should be out. They lost to two playoff teams. Correct. I mean, one of them not even a playoff team. Correct. So, but that, but you're you're saying that, but they're they're only out. There's no other thing being considered with Penn State. There would be no other thing being considered with Alabama if they lost in their record. Well, I think the Alabama. The Alabama Penn State thing. <clears throat> well, there's a lot of things with Alabama. Well, with Alabama, the only thing that I would say about Alabama is I think they're the re- the thing with Alabama is first of all, like I said, they have one loss. Penn State had two losses. The point that I'm making though is I think your record could be a deal breaker in some situations. Like I think it could be true that okay, Penn State they lost to Michigan and Ohio State. They, Penn State's a very good team, but they can never beat the best teams. And I think that's a fair reason to leave them out. Sure. Um, okay. It would be a little – like I think losing two games does not – but the truth is there is nuance to it. And the committee no, the committee has operated this way in the past. No two team – no two lost uh, – sorry, no two lost team has ever made the playoff. 
However, in some circumstances, they could have. For instance, Auburn in 2017, if they, they would have had two losses, if they had only had two losses and won the SEC championship game, they would have been a playoff team. That is indisputable. Um, I think Stanford in 2015, they were not a playoff team, although they were good enough to compete against playoff teams, most likely, especially Michigan State and Oklahoma, um, which is part of the reason I support I think terrible, terrible, terrible decision to move to to jump all the way to 12 teams. It's understandable to think maybe in the future we get to 12 teams to go from four teams to 12 teams, I think, is madness. That is a radical change that we've never seen in sports uh, ever. Uh, There was nothing like that that we've ever seen. Um, Now, to be fair, I don't think there is a number. There is no particular number for Uh, college football for the college football playoffs that is exactly correct there isn't one it really just depends on the time frame and the competition and it's never going to be perfect obviously um but i do think there should at least be a ballpark but there is at least a ballpark answer it's probably somewhere between probably like six to eight teams something like that most what what six to eight teams who what like for the playoffs, I think that's a ballpark answer of no, what the a reasonable. Team playoff is great. If you saw the bracket of what the games would have been, you would have had Penn State at Texas, Ole Miss at Ohio State this year. Great games. This is this is such a dumb take that you have that it shouldn't go to twelve games. First of all, your one your one argument is uh, that it makes the regular season worse, which is I think it not does. True. It makes it better. For instance, I think in a lot of ways. Well, okay, in some ways it might make it better, in other ways it might make it worse. Overall, I think it. It probably makes it worse, but that's not my main argument. But your main argument is that there's 12 teams uh, that there's not 12 teams that could win the championship. There are not 12 teams that are, okay. that are good enough. The final score of the championship game last year was 65 to seven. So yeah. what, there wasn't two teams that could win the championship that year. There was, there was, uh, there's not 68 teams that can win March Madness, but it doesn't mean that it's not a great tournament. It doesn't, well, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be great. Well, first of all, you can't compare college football. I mean, March Madness is different because there's, I mean, there's there's not as big of a difference in terms of talent between, there's a lot more parity in college basketball than in college football. Um, now, no, there are not, now, yes, any team technically could go on. I mean, sure, if you do the 12-team playoff for 30 years, maybe at some point a 12 seed or a team outside of the top four might win. Sure, that could happen. The point that I'm making is that there are not 12 teams that are worthy of it um, or the, that they're worthy of a shot. Uh, but there's not four teams, obviously, because the college football playoffs have been the worst games. So your of the argument years. is that because there's not four teams, we should make it even worse and make it 12 teams? It's not worse. It's making it better. You're going to have so much better games. There's going to be more football. I mean, imagine Penn State at Texas, Ole Miss and Ohio State coming up in two weeks. Like the, Ohio those State could kill Ole Miss. We don't need a game between Penn State and that. Texas to determine who's better. I don't know about that. And then and then and then Penn State, Michigan the next week. Like that would be or Texas versus Michigan and then Ohio State and um Oregon. It would be uh that would be like that's gonna be so much better. And the playoff games at the campus. And also you're talk you said that there was a radical change of the twelve teams, but college football, this is the last season real season of college football. Because college football after this year is going through an insanely radical change. Yeah, I don't Not, which, which neither of us like. I assume you don't either. I don't like conference realignment. I, I, nobody likes the conference realignment. Nobody likes. Nobody seems to like the direction that college football is going. Generally speaking, doesn't mean I'm not going to watch. I'm still going to watch it, obviously. But uh, no, I, I don't like the direction. I don't. I don't like the direction that college football is going. As for your argument that uh, you know that there will be some good games. I mean, okay, I, I suppose that's true. I'm not saying there's zero pros and cons to either side. Fair enough. I'm just arguing that, no, I don't think Penn State should get a playoff shot. They already lost to Michigan and Ohio State. They're clearly not good enough to be a playoff team. I mean, they're a good team, but they're not good enough to be a playoff team. And I'm like I said, I'm in favor of a minor – like, okay, fine. If you want to go from four teams to maybe six or eight teams, okay, fine. That makes perfect sense to, to, to expand it a little bit, and then maybe you move up to 12 teams. But to go from like four teams to 12 teams is just madness. Um, and 
I didn't think we were going to talk about this, but I can just bring up some of the 12 seeds that we've seen in uh, the past since the playoff has started. And I would say I don't think any of them uh, – I don't think any of them would have been worthy of a playoff spot. But the games um, now are blowouts. The games that happen are blowouts. So what's the difference? So if, well, it depends. I mean, okay, some of the games are blowouts. But if your argument that the games now are blowouts, wouldn't that make it worse if you make it 12 teams? If anything, no, because the 12 that- isn't playing the one. And the 12 teams the twelve teams makes the regular season your argument of the regular season. If it was eight teams, the regular season would have lesser of a meaning because everyone would be would play a game in the playoff, but the, now you would play for buys and top seeds. You play for a buy, so that adds to the regular season. Um, well, nuance. yes, I like that part of it that you play for a buy. I do support bye weeks, which wouldn't uh, happen with an eight seed. No, but you would have it with a sixteen. Yeah, but six is low. I, but but I think that six is actually a pretty good amount because there's usually not any more than six teams that are worthy of a playoff spot. And the the thing is the part of the reason I like a 16 playoff is because seeds five and six are very often able to compete with teams, with teams in the top four. And sometimes it might be better than them. Um, Okay. So forget all this for a second. Uh, So we both have picks coming up. Okay. George SEC championship, Georgia, Alabama, Alabama's getting five and a half over under 54 and a half. Yeah, I'm taking Alabama. I like uh, I like Alabama here. I think they're uh, coming off a game they had zero business winning and uh, won. And um, but I, 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 it's tough to bet against Nick Saban in Alabama in a big spot ever, especially as an underdog. You're getting points. I, I think they actually might win this game. Georgia is a really good team, but they're not as good as the last two Georgia teams that won the title. Well, obviously not. not. Right. So they're not unbeatable. Um, yeah, I, I like Alabama here. All right. I disagree. I'm taking Georgia. Uh, Georgia, I think, has been very dominant. Uh, over under 54, Georgia's been very dominant. Alabama's not as good as they were. Although I could see, like, I could see Alabama. I could see, like, a backdoor cover. I mean, Georgia, I, wasn't, Georgia Tech hung in that game last weekend, too, for a long time. Yeah, but I, Georgia pulled a lot of their starters. and I don't know. Um, Georgia, I would say... The thing is, I would take Georgia minus five and a half now. I have a feeling the line is going to go way up. Uh, I don't know. I think I think I think a lot of people are going to like Alabama as well. I don't know, um, but although I wouldn't say it's true that you can't bet against Saban in a big spot, you can. You absolutely. It's tough to. It's, tough to, it's always tough. To, all an underdog, but you never. You, you, but normally he's getting he's he's laying points in this situation. Yeah, and normally, but not against Georgia. Correct. Um, yeah. So okay. So we have competing picks on this. Um. Uh. Who, okay. So Texas this is my pick. Texas versus Oklahoma State plus fifteen and a half over under forty six and a half. I love Texas. Uh, Oklahoma's quarter. Uh, Oklahoma's quarterback situation is Oklahoma State's quarterback situation is a disaster. Uh. I think te- Texas is a much much better team. This is the best Texas team that I've seen. In at least, I would say, in at least fifteen years. Yeah, this year right. definitely since Colt McCoy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not that it's saying much because Texas has been not that good of a team throughout most of my life. Yeah, I would have rather uh, I would have rather BYU won on Saturday, and then this would have been Texas versus Oklahoma, and I think this would have been a better game. Um, yeah, I, I, only, I think so too. The only thing I would be scared of in this game is a backdoor. I think Texas is going to win, obviously, and win by a lot but i'd be scared a little scared of a backdoor i i i would too and i could definitely see that happening um although the flip side is also true a backdoor cover from texas could also very easily happen possibly yeah i mean like scoring a meaningless touchdown at the end of the game as the favorite it i feel like it's the same thing right but, but you, yeah, you think I, a favorite, the team in the lead might have their foot off the gas a little bit more than the team yeah unlike jim Beheim. um <laughs> Uh, okay. So, uh, well, Texas, first of all, this is, Texas is, has improved tremendously this year compared, compared to last year. All of the weaknesses that Texas had last year, uh, their defense wasn't very good. Giving up really big leads was another thing. I mean, Texas defensive line this year is, is just elite. Uh, you couldn't say the same thing about Texas defense last year. 
Uh, they often gave up big leads. They were not a good road team. Like everything about Texas this year is just vastly better than last year. So I, I really do like Texas a lot. Um, and Oklahoma and State, have, like I said, I mean, what people forget? People forget how uh, the the one loss they have they was insane. Like they they basically had to leave with like thirty seconds left, and then just gave up a terrible touchdown drive. But the one loss they have, they had to lead with 30 seconds left in the game. Yeah, so they very easily could be an undefeated team with a, with a win against Alabama on the road. I mean, if, yeah. if they had won that game, they would likely be the one seed or the two seed maybe. Yes, probably. They, they would – I mean, that would be huge if they did. Um, but because they lost – because of because they lost to Oklahoma, like it just – I feel like it kind of killed them. Um, and, and by proxy killed Alabama too because – Right, correct. Alabama lost to the team that lost to Oklahoma, which, you know, the whole transitive property thing, I'm generally not a fan of. Uh, but it matters. But it does change things a lot in college football. In terms of the over-under, I don't know. I'd probably take the over. Yeah, I would take the over as well. My, my only concern is, with the over-under on this is that Oklahoma – like if Oklahoma State doesn't score at all, if they're like really, really bad on offense, which could happen – but I don't know. I would still probably go with the over, you know, big 12, typical big 12 over. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So you took, you took this game Tulane versus MSU. SMU. Yeah. I took, uh, did I say MSU? I meant SMU. Okay. All right. Uh, I took Tulane minus three and a half. Tulane is a, a good team. You talk about the 12 seed. Tulane will be the 12 seed this year. If, uh, if they're doing the college football playoff. So I think Tulane is a pretty good team. They're probably the best group of five team. And, uh, Three and a half is not that much when you've got a conference championship game, which is essentially like their Super Bowl because they're not going to get to the college football playoff and they'll probably lose in the uh, New Year's Six. So uh, I'll take Tulane three and a half. All right. Um, okay. So uh, hold on a second. It's two games. Hold on a second. Okay. Michigan uh, Michigan versus Iowa plus 21 and a half. Um I have a feeling Michigan – I would take Michigan minus 21 and a half. Uh, this feels very risky. Um, it, I think Michigan is going to beat them by a lot. Uh, Iowa doesn't score a lot. The only issue, obviously, is Iowa's elite defense. But I feel like Michigan's going to blow them out. Um, yeah, Michigan I, – I don't know. I don't know if Iowa will even be able to get, like, a first down in this game. Yeah, I mean, Iowa's – first of all, this game – forget my pick. This game makes me say, thank God the Big Ten is getting rid of divisions because the whole division thing is bullshit. Um, yeah, this should be Michigan-Ohio State. Right, it should be Michigan-Ohio State. Um, I, that should be the championship game. and also, at least Penn State. Yeah, or somebody. I mean, that's the problem with the divisions is that so often one division is so much worse than the other. I mean, the Pac-12 was the first to get rid of divisions, and it, it – in, in that conference, in the Pac-12, the divisions had the most parity compared to the other divisions. I mean, right. I mean, in the Big Ten, throughout my entire life, the Big Tens, I, basically, or at least not my entire life, the entire time that the East and West have been divisions, the East has been so much better than the West. Um, yeah. It wasn't even like it was like that for one or two years. It was like that every year. And every year, the Big Ten championship game has been a joke every single year. So, like I said, I'm taking Michigan. Um, I would probably go with the over if if I were to bet it, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to put any real money on it just because it's very hard for Michigan to cover and not go over. Yeah, not go over, yeah. But it is very telling that the Vegas odds they have the spread at 21 and a half and the over-under at 35 and a half. Correct. Well, um, Iowa plays a field position game every single game they play. They just happen to win it each time, but every game they play is a field position game. Well, the thing is, their competition isn't good. Yeah, like you can do that in the you could do that in their lousy, uh, in their lousy with their lousy competition. I mean, even their non conference games have. Yeah, uh, hold on. and they got absolutely smacked around by Penn State. Penn State beat them thirty five nothing. Yeah, so Iowa's. Yeah, Iowa's okay. Iowa's best non conference game was Iowa State. Um, yeah. I mean, and then they got killed thirty-one nothing by Penn State. Every other game, other than other than other than Iowa State and Penn State, have been jokes. That's why they're winning these games because you can do that against really lousy competition. 
Yeah. Um, the only yeah. team you can't do that against, I mean, you can't do that against Penn State and Penn State, which is why they blew them out, obviously. Oh, so, okay, so that's, I took Alabama, Michigan, I'm sorry, Georgia, Michigan, um, and Texas. Oh, yeah, one more game. Yeah, Louisville at uh, and Florida State. I'm taking uh, Florida State minus two and a half. Florida State's still undefeated team. Louisville, I think Louisville obviously was in a look-ahead spot last week, even though it was a, uh, a rivalry game. You should never be in a look-ahead spot in a rivalry game. But uh, they lost last week. And uh, Florida State, I, I still think they're going to be stay undefeated and make – like you said, if, if Florida State loses, the, the committee is probably rooting very hard for Louisville because if Florida State loses, it makes it very easy for them. But uh, I, I like yeah. Florida State. And only two and a half – so if you think a team's going to win, two and a half is not very much. I would probably I go with Louisville. I would probably take the under. You think so? You yeah. know what game I would take the over on is um, Tulane at, at SMU. Definitely. That's, I would that's definitely good. take the over. Those games are always insanely high scoring. Yes, I agree. Um, all right, so there's some <clears throat> NFL stuff I want to get into. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, okay. So there's, okay. So there's this Aaron Rodgers 21 day window thing. Uh, we'll, we'll recap some, uh, a little bit of the games too. I think, um, look, the thing with the jets right now is I don't think they're that relevant. Um, there's nothing that I'm going to say right now that is vastly different or that you're going to say that's vastly different from what we said last week. Zach Wilson stinks season's over. All right. I don't know. Other than what do we do from here? Is not a per. I mean, that's the only question. But we have all year to talk about that, so I don't know. It's not really that relevant of a topic, in my view. Um, uh, yeah, we lost to the Dol. We got killed by the Dolphins. I told you that was going to happen. Uh, so I don't know what the big de- what the big wow. deal is with that. But this whole Aaron Rodgers twenty one day window thing is a big story. Although I don't necessarily think it should be. Uh, Aaron Rodgers apparently is he has a twenty one day window to apparently possibly come back. So he's practicing for 21 days. Uh, today is, as we record this, it's the 29th. Uh, so that's in, until, so there's one more day in the month. That means by December 20, by December 20th, he could possibly come back. There's a really good chance the Jets aren't even in the playoffs at that point. I mean, I would say don't, don't come back. That's what I would say. I would just say, don't come back. It is a terrible idea. Yeah, I agree. Don't come back. I don't think there's any chance he plays, honestly. The only um, There's only two reasons that I could see that he could play. The one reason, well, they're kind of the same reason, which is to have some momentum going into next year. And then maybe uh, maybe if Aaron Rodgers say that they go to 4-10, and 10, the Jets, and then Aaron Rodgers has a few good games, then Robert Sala can kind of say, see, see, this is the problem, where – Right now, and they just spiral. I, I, I think that Robert Sala is going to get fired. So I, I uh, no, you don't think so? No, I there's no way. Fired. I don't think there's any way he gets fired. Um, mainly because, I mean, first of all, speaking of getting fired, you know who got a raw deal was Frank Reich. Frank Reich, yeah, I agree. He got the rawest deal because he wanted Stroud apparently, and and David Tepper insisted on getting Bryce Young. Well, that doesn't. It, and but it also in general, he was he's, his first season in a quarterback's first season, and the roster is horrible. They got rid of Christian McCaffrey. They got rid of right. all their good players. So it's I don't like know what uh, a, a pilot to land a plane with no wings. Well, last year they last year they had a coach Steve Wilkes who was from Charlotte who had them finish pretty strong in the season, and then Tepper got rid of him. Like I felt like that was a an obvious guy to keep on the, as the head coach. So yeah, I, I think they fire coaches a little bit too quickly. But down there. when it comes to Salah, though, I mean, did you not see that? I mean, how many penalties is the team going to take? They constantly take penalties. It's unreal how many stupid penalties they take. I, I, I don't disagree with that, but I don't think that means he's going to get fired. Uh, I think he, this would be the second straight year where they've just completely collapsed. They had a good thing going, which they did at one point this year, four and three. And they just beat the Eagles, and now they've completely capitulated, and not due to anything because they didn't have an injury, they didn't have anything that would have. Obviously, they had Aaron Rodgers at the start of the year, but since they were four and three, they didn't have anything that would make them capitulate. Last year, they were in a playoff position. They completely capitulated last year. 
So I, I don't know what whether you think whether you think he you you think he's not gonna get fired, but do you think he should be fired? Um, no, not really. Um, I I don't know. I, I really would say no. First of all, the reason I think he's not going to get fired even more strongly than I believe he shouldn't get fired is that the Jets don't normally fire coaches after two seasons. The only time they did that was uh, was Gase, and he was exceptionally bad. Um, so bad to the point where it's like he can't even get another job. Uh, it, I mean, like, Sala is – you cannot say Sala is nearly as bad of a head coach as even Todd Bowles was. Uh, and Todd Bowles still got four seasons. Um, also, the fact that – Todd Bowles had a 10-6 season, though, at one point, though, as well. They, they should have made the playoffs, but yeah. Yes, they did have one ten and six season, and every every other season besides that was pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, but also the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back at some point next year, so it's like I don't really. Yes, I think some of it is on Salah. I'm not denying. I'm not saying he's a great head coach, but I don't know. I mean, it, I think they would still. They're more likely to at least give him another year. Also, oh, this is the third year of Robert Sala, by the way. Did I say two years? You're right. Yeah. It is the third season. Okay. Even, anyway, even he's, he's he's got a record of 15 and 30 right now. You're right. It's you're right. It's his third year. Um, and he finished. He finished. He finished dead last in the AFC East his first year. Dead last his second year. And the only reason he won't finish dead last this year is because the New England Patriots are horrific. Yeah. Um, but he, still, he still could finish dead last. But I mean, a lot of the reason he's a, a big part of the reason he's been finishing dead last has not been his fault. I mean, like, I don't know. Okay, if you want to fire Salah, fine. But first, so would you get rid of Joe Douglas then? Joe, I would fire Joe Douglas way before I fire, fire yeah, Salah. I agree with that. This is totally – I mean, I don't know for sure who's telling who. I mean, I don't know if ownership was telling Joe Douglas to not – to trust Zach Wilson. I don't know if that's true or not. But if Joe Douglas actually went into the season with Zach Wilson as the backup with a 40-year-old quarterback, he should be fired – and that's more his fault than – I mean, it, that's – that is the most important thing, and that's his fault more than anything. I mean, that's a bigger deal to me than anything else that could have happened. And, and Aaron, that's a bigger deal than all the penalties. And can we agree also that if Aaron Rodgers wasn't a factor in decision-making, that Hackett would have been fired probably already? Yes, although – he certainly be fired at the end of the year if, if Rodgers wasn't Yes, there. I think that's true. Um I think that they, well, the thing is, he wouldn't even have been hired in the first place in this counterfactual. But I'm saying, if they didn't care what he thought, Rogers, they would fire. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I, I think that's 100 percent true. I, I mean, that very. I, I think that very likely is, I, or at least I think that's very likely true. I can't guarantee it, but I think it's very likely true. Um, so I, I mean. Uh, okay, so I do, I do want to get into some of this other stuff with uh, uh, with the NFL. I will say I was kind of angry about the Ravens-Chargers. I got screwed that game. Uh, I had the Chargers plus – well, in my pick'em pool, the line doesn't change. So I had plus four and a half. I, so I had the Chargers plus four and a half. I should have won that. Um, I don't know. I know you had the Ravens. Yeah, and the Ravens were leading by 10 for like – Two quarters, so it was you were really getting lucky to cover, but mo- most people would have freaked out that Zay Flowers didn't go down, uh, yeah, on that play. But, um, right at the end where he scored the touchdown, it was a three point game, and he, he had a first down. Which, if he goes down, then he's they win the game, but he went and scored the touchdown and covered. Kind of like the opposite of a, a few guys have done that recently where they've gone down right before the uh, goal line, which is a smarter play. But obviously if you're betting, uh, it's not the, uh, not the best outcome. So Can you hear me? Yeah. So yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that um, a couple of guys have done that where they've gone down right before the goal line. Recently, the guy did it in the Chiefs game when they played the Jets, where they could have uh, covered. But um, but yeah, it was, well, that, uh, that, was, that was Mahomes. I mean the um, the uh, 
Yeah, Mahomes. But uh, the Ravens have been the better team. I mean, they, I, I feel I, I feel really bad for Chargers fans because they really are, are about to ruin uh, Justin Herbert's uh, window. Brandon Staley's going to get fired. I it would be a disgrace if he should have been fired in the locker room after the Jacksonville game. Yeah. Um, so let's get into some of our picks. Uh, all right. So Colts at Titans plus one over under 42 and a half. We're both taking this game. Yeah, I'm taking the Colts. The Titans suck. And I'm the also Colts, taking the Colts. The Colts are the surprise team. Almost as big a surprise to me as Houston and uh, – is it Houston is um and Denver is uh the Colts. I mean the Colts got rid of uh Frank Reich midseason last year. They were terrible. They they their quarterback got injured this year, Anthony Richardson right off the start, and uh they're certainly in the mix for the playoffs, and so I like them here. The thing is they're a pretty good blueprint of what the Jets should have done. Pretty much. <laughs> uh yeah, so I completely agree. Uh I'm definitely gonna go with the Colts minus one. Uh, the Titans are very bad. Uh, the Colts, you, you can kind of – the Colts are really bad at home, but for some reason great on the road. Mm. A bizarrely really good road team. Um, okay, so Chargers at Patriots plus six over under 40 and a half. I know we just got done trashing the Chargers, <laughs> but I'm still going to take the Chargers. I don't know. I think I might be addicted to betting the Chargers, but – they're coming off a really bad – they're coming off a bad loss. Uh, this feels like a bounce-back game for me, and it wouldn't be that difficult for them to just slaughter the Patriots. I mean, minus six, I'll take it. I mean, I'll take it now as it's – as I'll take it now because I feel like the game – the spread is going to go down a little – it's going to go up. Um, yeah, the the uh, the Patriots are terrible, and uh, I would um... – I would criticize you, but I just look back on my history of my betting history, and I've actually bet on the Jets every single week for the last two seasons, so thinking that they were going to cover. So I, I can't uh, blame you for betting the Chargers every weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think there's a few teams. Um, another team that I was kind of like that with a lot was the Raiders. You know, it, it's you know, I have a coworker who kind of makes fun of me, and I'll, I'll, like every week I'll be like. The Jets are terrible at, on Sunday and Monday. And then, like, Thursday I'll come around and I'll look at the lines. I'll be like, you know who I kind of like this week, Sneaky? The Jets. Yeah. <laughs> like, I 100% have done that this week. Yeah. So I, I kind of like sure the Jets this week. Yeah. So I, I, bet, I, bet the, I bet the Jets in the Hall of Fame game, too, which they didn't cover either. Who bets preseason? <laughs> when you're missing football, it gets uh, – I, I've never bet preseason. I'm anti-preseason. I'm a preseason abolitionist. Um, you and Joe Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, another uh, another game I'm taking Chiefs at Packers. Plus, uh, the Packers are getting six. I still love – I love the Chiefs. Um, I like the Chiefs minus six. They should – Yeah, I agree. It's a bit of a letdown game for the Packers. Yeah, I agree. I don't think the Packers – the only thing that, like, scares me is that it's at Lambeau, but I don't think that makes much of a difference with this Packers team. So in this I would Chiefs also take the Chiefs. Yeah. Well, the, the Packers, like I said, they've been a bit of a surprise team also. Yeah, they they uh, beat the Chargers and the Lions back-to-back weeks, and Jordan Loves looks pretty good the last two weeks. So, But this is still the Chiefs. Correct. Like the talent gap is just so big in this game. Um, okay, so I did all three of mine. Okay, well, there's one more, right? Or two more. Lions at Saints plus four. Yeah. Okay. Lions, um, I take the Lions bounce back spot. They had they had a bad game. They had a long week. Saints, not a good team. Uh, mm, okay, and the, the NFC South is horrible. Um, I still think the I, th- I it is. That's why the Saints are going to make the playoffs. I would pick the Falcons. Falcons. I think that was the big game this weekend. Was whoever whoever who won that game, but uh, but the, the the team that makes it out of the NFC South. As, it's a good chance the team will have a losing record that makes it out of the NFC South. Yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, Lions. I like. I, I like the Lions. I still think the Lions are, are are a decent team. They've had a couple of bad games, but um, uh, I still think they're decent. Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, every team has. Correct. Um, Browns. At, this is the other one. Browns at Rams minus three and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna take uh, the Browns, and I bet against the Rams last week against, but they played the Cardinals. Uh, the Rams are like the Rams are actually in a good position schedule wise to make the playoffs, but they're just not that good of a team. 
and um, it, it's in it's in LA, which I actually think sometimes can be a detriment to the Rams because they're basically playing a road game at home always. Uh, so I would take them, and I would also take the under here. There's both teams' offenses are not good. I would be tempted to take the over, but I think you might be right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, all that makes sense. Um. Yeah. So I did all my picks. Um. Hold on a second. Okay. So I do want to get a little bit into this. We don't do a lot of hockey on this show, uh. But this Connor Bedard story is wild. Yeah, this is an insane story. So Connor Bedard, for those people who don't know, is comparable to Victor Webinana in the NBA in that he is a he was the consensus number one overall pick. He is thought to be that he could be one of the greatest hockey players ever by the time his career is done. He is an unreal player. And he was drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks a while ago. Now the Chicago Blackhawks have a guy named Corey Perry on the team who is a veteran. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I know who he is. So he's a he's been around the league for a while. He's a pretty good player. He was cut yesterday for uh, what the team called unacceptable behavior. It was very unexpected. It wasn't something that they uh, – Not Connor Bedard, the other guy. Corey Perry, who I just mentioned, yeah. Corey Perry was, was oh, okay. for uh, for um, unacceptable behavior uh, very unexpectedly. And Corey Perry, I heard, was kind of a mentor to Connor Bedard in the locker room. Now, internet sleuths have uh, brought up that Connor Bedard's mother, who is – uh, a good-looking blonde woman uh, was sleeping with uh, Corey Perry, and that this was the reason that the Chicago Blackhawks cut him. So it's he's basically the hockey version of Delonte West. Correct, and I don't know. Like at first, it sounds like a crazy, uh, a crazy uh, theory, but he was the team said that he was cut for unacceptable behavior. Like I don't know what that could entail. If this is not true, Other it's something. Than- yeah, I don't know what that would be other than – I mean, I don't know. I've never – I haven't looked into this. Um, so there is a story on Deadspin yesterday that said the Blackhawks cut Corey Perry and no one knows why. Yeah, that um, was the, the initial cut uh, when he was initially cut. Now, the Blackhawks GM says Corey Perry getting cut unrelated to Bedard's mom. Yeah. Is it – confirmed that he actually was sleeping with Connor Bedard's mom? Or it was it- confirmed that, that something was going on with a teammate uh, of the on the Blackhawks. But how do they know that it was with Connor Bedard's mom? There was there was a confirmed that Bedard's mom had something going with the teammate. Oh, okay. So they're for unacceptable behavior. I mean, that's you know. So they knew beforehand that Connor Bedard's mom was messing with one of with one of her son's teammates. Somebody did, pretty much, yeah. And then, and then right after that, Corey Perry was cut for unacceptable behavior. Right. That's okay. Don't you think it would have made a lot more sense if the Blackhawks just didn't cut him, so it wouldn't be so obvious? No, because this is. Uh... If 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 Bedard's angry about it, the the most important thing is this kid. He's supposed to be. It's is the future of the franchise. Okay, that makes sense then. So he did. He did. He did break the the team said that he broke their internal policy. Unacceptable breaking their internal policy, which could mean anything. But once you have all these stories out, it, it, there's well, a lot of. Stories. My question is: Is there a policy that says you can't bang one of your teammates' moms? <laughs> is that like? Well, if not, there should be. Is that an agreement anywhere? I guess I, you could do it. It might be in the contracts that you sign. But, I, I highly um, doubt anybody's ever signed the contract that says can't mess with a teammates' mother. Right. Okay, <laughs> West. Yeah, Delonte West. Yeah, certainly it it has shades of like the Delonte West. It also, even though it's not the same situation, sort of reminds me of Derek Fisher's situation in a little bit. The Derek Fisher situation was crazy. That was, I mean, it is a little different. Um, But if you don't remember at the time, Derek Fisher was the Knicks head. I mean, you remember, but Derek Fisher was the Knicks head coach, and he lied about why he was missing, uh, why he was missing practice, which was, which was, well, he said it was like for family reasons. Right, but the reason that he was missing practice was he was sleeping with um, Matt Barnes's ex-wife. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> like which, by the way, I think he probably should have been fired for that. Yeah, it's. I mean, that was uh, an- another situation that was similar to this. That was just uh, insane. Um, it was uh, Jason Richardson when he was on the Suns had a had a child with uh, 
Steve Nash's ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's these, these are those stories, but yeah, the team definitely tries to hide it. And it was, uh, I don't know what's in the water in Chicago because the, the bears also fired two coaches this season that they, they wouldn't give the reason for firing them. So I, I don't know what's going on in that city right now, but yeah, uh, yeah if you're going to protect, you have to protect this kid and uh bad job out of Corey Perry. Corey Perry's married too. So he is. Uh, yeah. Really bad job out of Corey Perry. I mean, is it possible? Well, it, it said uh, according to, yeah, I mean that makes it a million times worse um, if he's married. Um, well, like but, every, I mean, everybody, everybody who's ever been fired and then is like scared who was go home and then scared to tell their wife they got fired. This is that you now you'd be really scared to tell your wife you got fired. Yeah, it's like why were you fired? Well, you're really not going to like this answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, like she's not even going to be like you're not even going to be worried. You're going to be like, damn, I wish I just got fired. Right. right. (laughs) This is like the whole double whammy. Wow. That is, that is a wild story. It it almost reminds me a little bit of the Rachel Nichols thing. Yeah. And that was another thing that was unconfirmed, but at least with that one, like it happened. We don't know. Yeah. And right. And, and nothing, nothing really escalated. Like this one, there's going to be no proof it happened, but there's a lot of smoke and where there's smoke, there's normally fire. So, uh, and if, if it didn't happen, I, I'd be more, I'd be interested in why the guy got cut. Like kind of, it's not like, you know, obviously like he broke the internal uh, agreement, whatever they had, which is something well, went down. The only other reason I would think of would be like, if there was a fight. Yeah. Something like that. Even though I don't know if that would be enough to cut somebody, but if well, you remember, it what, would be. It's, is, Corey it's also Perry, is Corey Perry a good player? Well, I don't know how good he is now, but he was he's certainly someone I've heard of his name. He was on the Anaheim Ducks for a while, and I'm as casual a hockey fan as it gets, so he's he was definitely a good player back in the day. But honestly, the Blackhawks, if it wasn't if that situation, same thing with the uh, Chicago Bears earlier this year, if if it didn't have to do with um Bedard, then I feel like they should uh hold a press conference and say what happened. Just like the Bears fired their, their defensive coordinator early in the season and they didn't really get out in front of it and say what happened. And like, the, I don't know if you remember, but the internet went away with the story that the FBI had raided um, soldier field and where the bears offices were. And it, it had gotten like to an out of control point on the internet. So but I, I like true. Yeah. But I feel like these teams should really just say what, what happened. But, but in this situation, they can't. Well, if they're saying that it's not with uh to do with Bedard, then why not say it? And and if you say it, then it would be helpful for Bedard too, because of all the, the, uh, right. But the, the point that I'm making is Bedard might not want this, want anybody to know why it happened. Right. And this is the other thing is about Bedard is he obviously he's rookie season. This, this kid for as long as he plays hockey is going to hear this in every opposing arena that he goes to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that part is true. So this is this is a like the, what it, it would be also a crazy like e sixty thirty for thirty. Obviously, I hope this doesn't happen. But if like Bedard turns out to be a bust and this just like fucked with his head the whole time, <laughs> like, this guy like bang his mom turned like one of the greatest possible prospects into a bust. <laughs> that that would be pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would it, be pretty wild. But I mean, say, you know, uh, if he's mad at his teammate. I hope he, he's probably mad at his mom too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what kind of a terrible mom does that? I don't know. It's 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 uh, it's it's a reverse Zach Wilson almost. Pretty and, much, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, pr- pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it is like a reverse. Well, Corey Perry's like the Zach Wilson in this, right? Case. And unfortunately for the Jets, Zach Wilson wasn't cut after his. Uh, incident. Yeah, unfortunately for the. <laughs> well, it wasn't. Well, with Zach Wilson, it wasn't a teammate. Correct, but so it's it's a little different. Yeah, you would have you would have liked to seen uh, you would have liked to seen he, seen him be the one cut. Uh, well, you know, it's just why. I, yeah, I mean, for unex- you never really see that see a team explain it like that. No, but also it, another situation like in this in the same ilk is that uh, Sam Darnold's career was uh, railroaded on the Jets because he got mono from kissing a girl on Hoboken. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah he got mono. I mean it's probably how he got it. Um, yeah, I, Green Rock, Green Rock, and, Green Rock and Hoboken. I had mono, so you never know how you could get it. 
Yeah, well, Green Rock and Hoboken has derailed the careers of uh, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sam Darnold, and Zach Smithland. So it's 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 got a reputation <laughs> now. In, uh, Nobody gets that in, in Hoboken, but uh, a select few people will, will enjoy that one. Um, but uh, but yeah, these stories are always are always uh, the best stories to follow. Yeah. Um, it, it, did you did you see that story about uh, ESPN bet? Yeah, I, I saw this story. I just started uh, using ESPN Bet too. But uh, the story is basically if if you have a parlay and one of the, and every leg wins, but one of the legs pushes, that they're they're counting it as a loss. Yeah, which is not normal. Usually, the way it works is that if it's a push, it's as if that bet didn't happen, and then they recalculate all of the other legs. Right. Uh, right. And people are mad about it, and I don't blame them for it. I mean. Unless they, I don't know if they had, um, first of all, I think they're going to change this policy. There's no way they're going to keep it. Probably, yeah. I mean, if they keep this policy, like, I, I mean, it, this sounds like something that they're just going to change because it would it would just be so ridiculous. Yeah, it um, it's, uh, it, it's ridiculous, but they do have the right to do their own internal stuff. Like a lot of places will do different stuff, but um, this is uh this is bad. This is I, – I feel like also there's so much stuff like is going to affect um, – so much stuff is going to affect gambling when it comes to uh, – the football when it comes to gambling. Like for instance, the only reason this is an issue is because they don't kick the extra point in, in overtime. Otherwise, the Eagles would have won by four. Like little stuff like this I feel like like is going to have so much impact on football, extra points, stuff. Like I had I had, uh, I had Ohio State um, – laying two and a half against Notre Dame and and it was really confusing whether they were going to kick the extra point if you remember they they won by two but they scored in the very last second so yeah. time clocked and they actually ended up kicking the extra point but I feel like this legalized gambling has so many like aspects of it that I think are are going to become problems at some point yeah I mean but these are problems these were problems no matter what even without yeah. legalized gambling, because people gambled illegally, and you were yeah, but you have no like. Uh, I I heard um, Mike Florio say this though, like before about the Joe Burrow thing. Before you had no case against anybody because what are you going to bring a case like against illegal gambling? But right, like you can't, legalized, you can't different. complain to the police about uh, about like a bookie, right? But now yeah. you can. Now you can because so, it's not. I mean, because it's now you can like you can. It's out in the daylight, which I think is certainly better for gamblers. Uh, it's better than illegally betting. Uh, I, don't know. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel. I don't know if if, if this ESPN uh, bet venture is going to work. I feel like it's the the market's coming very oversaturated. Yeah, I, I have a feeling too. Especially, I mean, bad publicity like this is like okay, they got to change it. Right. I mean, I've never used ESPN bet, but. Well, ESPN Bet. So ESPN Bet just started this month. It was it was Barstool Sportsbook, uh, and then Penn Gaming bought the rights for it. But yeah, I I agree. I, I I just think it's an oversaturated market, and they're only live in like a few states. Like they're not live in New York, stuff like that. Wait, wait. Let, let me see something. So if one or more selections in a same game parlay portion wager settle as a push, um. The same game parlay portion of the parlay wager that contain the applicable selection will be deemed a push. So yeah. I think, okay. So are they the, are they making the whole thing a push, or are they? Oh, they're, so they're making the whole bet a push. Yeah. Okay, I see. So it's a little bit different. Still, that's still ridiculous because. Okay, that, that's a little bit different than I thought. Um, but normally, that's not how it works. Yeah, nor, mo, most sports books don't do that because a push is supposed to be like almost like an annulment. You just get your money back. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, some so yeah, but everyone does uh, really do everything different. Yeah. Like, all right, well, so I, we'll see what happens with them. All right, so that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, we'll be back uh, next week. Um, Make sure to subscribe to the Empty the Bench podcast network and follow us across social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at MTGPETB. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick DeMart. Uh, 
and follow the Empty the Bench podcast network across all social media at ETB uh, at ETB Network on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can follow Liam at Liam C. Wilson. All right. Thanks. Peace out, everybody.